Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we look at this car crash of a predictions video, I, I did get some things right, like McLaren getting P4 again. That's something. It's that time of year again, when F1 YouTubers across the land are desperately trying to find content to fill in the time before we go again for 2024. Liam and Daniel, they are not going to be on this list because I did not predict them even being on the grid. Sort of predicted maybe Liam Lawson could have been in AlphaTauri or whatever they were going to be called for 2024, but they get special dispensation. But I'm still going to take their positionings into account for the drivers who were on the list at the beginning of the year. I did predict the teams and I wasn't that far off. I did get Ferrari, McLaren and AlphaTauri in their correct positions where they ended up, but there were some clangers in there as well, including me thinking that Mercedes would win the Constructors' Championship <laughs> and Red Bull will be second. <laughs> you can tell that this is, this is going to be funny, folks, if you haven't watched the original video, so uh, buckle up. So we'll start off with Logan Sargent. I predicted he would finish 20th. Where did he end up? 21st. I predicted he would get a couple of points finishes and he ended up with one. And you could argue that that was given to him on a technicality. And William's saying that we'll always view Logan as an academy driver. What does that mean? Is he going to be bumped down to being a reserve perhaps and then come back later? We don't really know. Then I had 19th Yuki Sonoda. What? I viewed him in that original video as being AlphaTauri's only choice, the Red Bull Junior program really not having many drivers, that they were just settling for Yuki. Well, I'm glad they did, because he was carrying that team throughout the entire first half of the season, scoring those points, preventing them getting a duck. That was really vital for their morale. And then in the second half of the season, he's really stepped up to the plate with the dismissal of Nick DeVries, Liam Lawson coming in, the super sub, and then Daniel getting back to where he was supposed to be and not really impressing all of that much when you think about it. Everyone thought that he was going to be trouncing Yuki, but no, Tsunoda came into his own. And 
that performance at Abu Dhabi was incredible. He ended up 14th instead of what I predicted, 19th. So I was five places off and I feel like he could do better next year. I'm really excited to see what happens at that team. Is Daniel going to step up or has Yuki really gotten him? That could be really, really cool to see. I kind of want Yuki to get that Red Bull seat now because he will get so much praise in Japan. He will go down probably as their most successful F1 driver of all time. Then I had 18th Alex Albon, who finished 13th in reality. And I thought George was great at bolstering morale at Williams. Turns out Alex was even better. And I also hope that Williams would have had better management after the dismissal of Jost Capito and FX de Maison. Well, they certainly did that with James Vowles coming in. And then we've got Pat Fry coming in for next year and beyond as their technical director. Williams are in the best position that they've been in in years, since 2018, arguably. So that's really good. And having Alex there as a team leader, that's fantastic. He vastly outperformed what I expected. And here's to him being there for many more years to come and getting to sip some of their success when they get up back into the midfield and can maybe challenge for podiums. I predicted Lance Stroll would be 17th and he actually ended up 10th. And this, okay, he vastly outperformed what I expected. And that is partially down or mostly down to the car being incredible in the first half of the season. But we also have to admit that Lance did have his moments where he was pretty good. Brazil and Vegas, those top five finishes, they were really critical to try and restore some of his reputation. Although I was right that he would have a couple of more meltdowns this season, Qatar being the biggest example of that, as well as some little ones scattered throughout the season. So I was right there. But okay, he did crack the top 10, just. But I feel like if he got 17th in that AMR 23, Oh, he would have been gone. There would have been no excuses there. Then I predicted the two Haas boys, Nico Hulkenberg from 15th and Kevin Magnussen 16th. He finished 19th. So I was out by three and I didn't expect that. I thought Haas would have been still okay, but he only scored three points throughout the entire season and he looked so morose and lost, whereas Nico was able to get something out of that car. Haas is only saving grace this season. It's my personal belief that this year's Haas car is worse than the 2021 car because with that one, you knew it was going to be bad. This one just completely devastated expectations. And I feel like Nico's not happy and that he would have gone to Sauber if he could have, if Gunther hadn't activated that option. But yes, I was not quite that far out with Nico, but with Kevin, yeah, I didn't expect him to be 19th. Then who did I have for 14th? Well, I had Nick DeVries, and that was probably one of my biggest mistakes in my predictions. There is probably a bigger one further up the list, so keep watching. But oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I thought with all of his experience that he would have been able to run rings around everybody. That he would have been a really good team leader. Nope, he didn't get any time to get used to that car. And that car at the beginning of the season was awful. He had quite a lot of mistakes in that car that he wasn't used to, and it really wasn't designed for him. Helmut Marco showed us all that this was the worst mismatch of any driver-team combination that we have seen in years. Arguably worse than Daniel Ricciardo at McLaren. At least he got a win with them. Sorry, Nick. I'm really glad that you got a job at WEC with Toyota, but yeah, you really should have stuck with Williams, mate, because you might have had a chance there. 
But at least Yuki Tsunoda is still holding the Nick DeRees torch still. His influence will not be forgotten, and that might help Yuki get himself further up the driver standings for next year, perhaps. Then it was the two alpha boys, Valtteri Bottas, ahead of Zhou Guan Yu, 12th and 13th. That team, that team, oh my goodness. Zhou was... Fine, I guess. Alfa Romeo, or going into Salba now, are just settling for that driver lineup. Valtteri still has one more year left on his contract, so it would be cheaper just to keep him instead of buying him out. And money is quite tight there. They need every single penny they can get to improve the facilities before Audi comes in. Whereas with Joe, he is a pay driver, and he really did not improve from last year. Yes, I understand. That car is probably the worst car that Sauber has made in quite a few years. There was no development done at all. You felt like they were just stalling, because at least last year, they had a car which started off really well, and then they ran out of steam, which was understandable given the size of the operation. But this year, there was just absolutely nothing, and it was a shame, because that livery, that cherry red and black, was one of the most gorgeous liveries on the grid. And we barely saw it. Valtteri did have some bad luck in Mexico and Vegas in particular. Joe had some loss of skill in Hungary when he qualified really well. And uh, yeah, you just feel that that team, they are just waiting for Audi to come in, aren't they? They just settled for that driver lineup. They wanted Nico Hulkenberg, according to rumors, but then Gunther stopped that. And they're just going, oh, fine, we'll just take the money then. And they're maybe thinking for the future, but Andreas Seidel's influence is just non-existent. I know he's not the team principal, he's the CEO of the Sauber Group, but so was Fred Vasseur, and he was still showing up to events, but Andreas has been relatively anonymous, and the guy they got in as the day-to-day -day manager, Aluni Bravi or something, just, who is that guy? They, they've just been anonymous this entire season, I really hope they can change that. I then predicted Esteban Ocon to be 11th, and he ended up 12th. So he was close, but not quite there. I was half right, though, that Ocon would lose the intra-team battle between himself and Pierre Gasly, and that was the only battle that Alpine had for the majority of the season. They were briefly duking it out with McLaren, but then McLaren remembered that they used to be a really good team, and they kicked on, whereas Alpine just, uh, flatlined. His position in the team has now been rocked, because the last couple of years, he was able to generate a little bit of hope. Maybe a little bit of hype. He got his first win. He was able to stay toe-to-toe -to -toe with Fernando Alonso, and mathematically beat Fernando Alonso last year, even though the Spaniard was dogged with terrible reliability. Much like Ocon has been this year. And this is going to make Ocon very, very salty, because his big rival, almost a nemesis in Pierre Gasly, has just come in and stamped down his authority with the team. And it could get worse next year. And I was right that they would come to blows, but it was indirect. And they were quick to dismiss this, that these were unforced errors. These were accidents amongst a magnitude of hubbub at the beginning of Australia's restart and the beginning of the Hungarian Grand Prix through unforced errors, not their own fault. But their issues have been more related to... Uh, Radio communication management on Alpine's part, which has led to one getting the shaft over the other. I put Oscar Piastri between the pair of them. And even though I predicted him 10th and he ended up 9th, I thought he'd be lucky to maybe get a few or several top 10 finishes, consistently in the bottom half of the scoring system. But no, I was wrong. The guy ruddy well won a sprint race and came second in another. And then he got two podiums for his trouble. There were moments throughout the entire season we had to remind ourselves that, oh, Oscar's a rookie. Wow. 
he nearly scored 100 points in his first season. Now, people have been thinking, oh, is this almost as good as Lewis Hamilton's rookie season? You can't really compare the two because they're from different generations with different scoring systems. You'd have to get all mathematical and then it just really loses its luster and hype. But either way, Oscar has had a fantastic season, but I was way off in terms of how many points he would have scored. I then predicted that Gasly would be ninth, and he wound up 11th. Not terrible. And I was right that he did end up ahead of Esteban. And maybe now he is going to assert himself as the team leader, something that I think Alpine will appreciate in their moment of transformation and trying to shake off some of the divisions that have been famous in the Enstone and Viri factories, the engine and the car side of things. And with all those outside investors, they will like Pierre because he's nicer, he's more agreeable, more understanding and diplomatic than Esteban, who I think might be a negative influence going into next year. So I think Gasly will stamp down his authority and remind people about why he was so good at AlphaTauri. So I think he will do just as well next year and win the battle once more. But here, he didn't quite make the top 10. Then I predicted that Fernando Alonso would be 8th and he wound up 4th. I thought that he would have really outperformed that car and I thought I was being bold. Turns out I wasn't being bold enough. He ended up 4th place thanks to all of those podiums he got at the beginning of the season. That consistency allowed him to be 4th on countback and that is so impressive. This has been his best season since 2012. That is something remarkable and that was a great season for him as well. So I'm really proud for Fernando and he's been able to dispel all of those things that age, yeah, that's not going to necessarily make you terrible. I do plan to make a video about Michael Schumacher's 2012 season, about why it's vastly underrated and why Michael could have really been on for a victory there. And Fernando next year, he could be on for a win as well. He came very close at some points. Monaco as well. Oh, what might have been, eh? Just so close. Then I predicted that Lando Norris would be seventh. He ended up sixth. Not that far off. That that gaggle of the two Ferrari drivers, Norris and Fernando, they were in the mix in what I predicted. I just didn't get the order quite right. But the one thing that Lando needs to do to try and get closer to maybe third and be definitely best of the rest is to sort out his qualifying issues because that's where he has come unstuck this season and Oscar has been able to pick up the pieces in Qatar and Abu Dhabi in particular. And Lando has said that he is going to be working on that throughout the winter, improving his qualifying composure and therefore try and increase the gap in the qualifying battle instead of its 15 to 7 current bracket, which is a lot less rosy than it was with Daniel. But still, he did good. And then I predicted his buddy Carlos in sixth, and he wound up seventh. So you could almost just swap the two, and then I would have been perfect. So close, though. And he was in fourth before Incident scuppered his chances of being near the best of the rest. And then Fernando picked up the pieces. So any Spaniard did get fourth place in the driver's standings. But those moments in Abu Dhabi and Vegas, they completely scuppered his chances of being fourth place. His best result throughout his entire career. And that is really unfortunate because throughout the entire season, Carlos has really come alive and shown himself to be a real front runner contender. That he's been able to lead that team at some places when Charles has had a crisis of confidence, which is now slowly starting to recover after his time in Abu Dhabi. A really good way to end the season for Charles. But Carlos, this was not such a great way to end the season, but he should be proud as the only non-Red Bull driver to have won a race this season with a move that will go down in history. That DRS tactic with Lando? Genius. I am so proud of that guy that he's been able to swim in the world of Ferrari, where he looked like he was going to be a number two. Turns out he's been duking out for the number one. And uh, I really think Ferrari should try and keep him because that partnership could be very, very long and very, very fruitful.
Then I put Sergio Perez in fifth and he wound up second, eventually. Turns out I underestimated Checo. I was right, though, that he would make mistakes and that there would be a status quo of Max being completely dominant over his teammate. But he did do better. He was fourth in 2021, third in 2022, second this year. And thanks to the stats, people are thinking, oh, he's going to be on for world champion. Well, I don't think it's going to be working that way, mate. You could almost say that he might end up third next year. Not that's going to be my prediction for 2024, but I think it might go the other way, that stat. But I just feel like he did make quite a lot of mistakes, which should have made second place all the more concrete. I was just straight up wrong with this one, that he wouldn't be as good and that Charles and other drivers might have been better. He was still better than them, but only because the car was really, really good and allowed him to get away with quite a lot of issues. But I feel like Checo can turn it around so long as he doesn't go after Max and races his own race. Then I predicted that Charles Leclerc would be fourth. He wound up fifth, so it wasn't all that bad. I thought that I was being salty here. Turns out I was pretty much right on the money that he wouldn't be challenging the best of the rest or the Red Bulls. The last two races for Charles Leclerc were the complete opposite to Carlos Sainz's in that Charles Leclerc came alive. You could easily argue that Vegas was his race to lose and he did lose it, but he was a contender. He looked competitive. He was challenging Max Verstappen for a bit. And then even in Abu Dhabi, he was giving him some trouble, at least at the beginning. He was just there, being the fly to Max Verstappen, as we were all expecting. What we saw in 2019, a lot. What we saw at the beginning of 2022, quite a lot. And we were all hoping that Charles could be the one to take down Max Verstappen. We are starting to see that again, as the team is slowly coming out of its shell and getting rid of all of the chaos, but not quietly going into that dark night, as we saw with Carlos's pit strategy. It's going to take a while to iron out the bugs there, but... Sure, this was a really good way to end the season, but it's been a rocky one. So yeah, that's something you need to take note of. Then, for once, I got a correct position! Lewis Hamilton third! Yeah! And I was right that he would carry on after 2023 and not retire. But that car, not quite as good as I thought it would be. I thought that the W14 would have been an improvement. In terms of the team standings, it was. Lewis, he was the best of the rest. That is something that he really should take pride in and hopefully just bolster his morale going into 2024 because at the moment he's looking a little bit morose and that's going to make any Mercedes fans look a little bit worried. But hey, Mercedes were consistent enough to be second and Lewis Hamilton was consistent enough to be third place, which, okay, due to his age, good kudos there. Two of the oldest drivers were in the top four. Good on the oldies. Then I predicted Max Verstappen would have lost the championship. Wrong, wrong, wrong. How could I have been so wrong? Not only did he win the world championship, he won it by a country mile. 19 wins out of 22 race starts. How wrong could you get? I mean, I might be wrong in a bit, but... No, Max was the definite article, the best world champion there has been in a long time, this performance. Now, of course, you may be thinking that, oh, there have been other better drivers, but at the moment, no, Max Verstappen in that car, in that Red Bull designed by Adrian Newey and maintained by Red Bull Racing is the best package. You can easily argue that he might not do as well in a different car and that Sergio Perez's struggles have made that RB19 somewhat fallible, but right now, no. Second place, no. And him losing to George Russell, who I thought would win the championship, what was I thinking? Like I said in that video, I don't mind being wrong with predictions. It's just a little bit of fun. But that one, my 
goodness, I even had it in the thumbnail. I was asking for trouble. I was justifying that because George Russell had such a consistent start to 2022, where he was in the top five for every single race up until Silverstone, and he probably would have been in the top five there as well had he had not that collision at the beginning of the race, his consistency would have been enough to be right up there in contention for the championship. Sure, he might have been consistent this year, but with Max's dominance, he wouldn't make a difference. No, George has had a very troubled time this season. He has had a crisis of confidence and realising that with Lewis Hamilton there, he is not going to be an easy teammate, that he is going to be asserting himself more and more. Something that we saw back in the days of McLaren with Jensen Button and Fernando Alonso. Kind of makes you wonder, actually, that maybe that whole season with Fernando Alonso duking it out probably affected Lewis Hamilton more than we thought, that it made him nervous that the team might have been out to get him or something like that, that he has to prove himself every single race that he is the team leader. And that is exactly what Lewis has been doing this season. He has realised that George is right there, that he needs to remind Mercedes he is the top dog and that George should be the person that helps him like Valtteri used to do so well. This won't be a harmonious team partnership. And if George Russell is better next year, this is going to cause some fireworks here, folks. Not quite the same levels as Rosberg and Hamilton in 2016 and prior to that, because they used to be friends, and that made it all the more tragic. No, this is going to be a little bit more ruthless because there's less to lose in terms of their overall relationship and friendship, which I don't think there's really much of. But going back to George, yeah, he made quite a lot of mistakes. He made a lot of errors that were unforced, and he did have a lot of DNFs as well, which led to him being nigh on 60 points behind his teammate. But he had some good moments. But at the end of the day, George Russell did put in a champion-worthy performance and got a podium starting higher than he used to be. Because if he remained in fourth place, that would have been second place lost to Mercedes. He managed to get one place higher whilst he had a really bad cold. That is ballsy. That is something to respect. But yes, he had a clunker of a season, finishing eighth where he ultimately ended up. I was seven places off. Yeah, that is on me. He is not championship material right now. Maybe one day. He's got plenty of time in Formula One. So long as Toto decides to keep him and the young Mercedes talent don't storm up right behind him and usurp him. That is a very definite threat that could easily happen. Or he could just go back to Williams for a while and partner Alex Albon whilst they get their ducks in a line. That could be cool. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. I really do appreciate it. And until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye. <laughs>